It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. Happy Monday. Come take an hour-long break from Bears Misery with us to talk about... Some Blackhawks misery. Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no misery right now. No misery right now. We got to, had a good weekend <laughs> over at the Fifth Third Arena uh, some encouraging things. So we're going to talk about the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase. And, uh, of course, get to all of your mailbag questions. We have a ton. So we're yeah. going to do our best to get to all of them. But we do have to start with the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase. Uh, the Hawks lost game one on Thursday, 5-2. to two, And then one on Sunday, 5 to nothing. Um, I got to say, I don't know how much of the games you saw, fellas. Greg, I know it was Riot Fest weekend for you. Mario, you were there Thursday. I was there uh, uh, yesterday. And even in the loss, I thought they were probably the better team. I thought Jackson Stauber was not great. Um, yeah. Hawks, Hawks had the edge in play in both games. And look, it's it's two games. It's a prospect showcase. But they held their own. They looked pretty solid. Yeah, I think the the, the opening period on Friday was was fantastic. The Blackhawks were, the Blackhawks were all over the wild. And... You know, up until the start of the second period where you lose Lucas Reichel for the rest of the game and Colton Dock, who was one of the best forwards of that opening period, uh, was nowhere to be found. The game just turned on its uh, turned on its head. So, yeah, I mean, the the, the opening night um, first 20 minutes was great. And Andre Sorensen said as much after after the game. Uh, but from there, it just snowballed out of their out of their control. And they didn't really have two of their best forwards. And they weren't really able to kind of regain uh, control of the game. And yeah, Jackson Stauber, not his best night. But again, it's 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 early, early, early. Like we, training camp hasn't even actually opened yet, even though we have the schedule now. Um, this is you know this is something separate from that. So uh, yeah, I mean uh, he's not supposed to go out there and, and get a shutout like Mitchell Weeks did. Uh, that was surprising on on Sunday yeah, afternoon. But really uh, good too. Yeah, so it's I mean a tough start, but you saw the bounce back on Sunday for sure. Yeah, I didn't get to see much of it live, any of it live, but I, I've been able to check a little bit of the highlights and, and most of it uh, via online this morning. And you mentioned it in your uh, Hawks hits takeaway uh, from Friday night, Mario, that you can see what Kyle Davidson's visions, even in his just this prospect. Air, you know, this small first prospect game scrimmage, whatever you want to call it, you could see what he wants. And that is speed and guys that are going to bust their ass on every shift. And that's what you got. You you saw guys, uh, you know, Jay's man crush, uh, Samuel Suave, Sub, Savoy. I always want to say Savoy. I know I'm saying it's wrong. Savoy. Uh, you know, he was just all over the place. and Both games. You know, yeah, and he yeah. scored a goal, but he was just like that's what he does, man. I mean, he he. There's one point I believe he went, you know, just skated right by the bench and was talking smack. I mean, the, just the 300 level is gonna love this guy. Um, but you saw guys, you know. I think one of the the, the best things I saw was uh, Ethan Del Mastro on Friday when Colton Doc took that hit, or was it the Lucas Reichel play where Lucas Reichel got hurt and 
Del Mastro mm-hmm. was right there to be like, that's my guy. You know, yeah, I went to that. stick up for him. And enough of these Minnesota Wild prospect things. These thugs. <laughs> in Minnesota, Seriously. Like guys named Doc can't survive preseason games, like, preseason prospect games against the Wild. F the Minnesota Wild <laughs> and their thuggish punk ass prospects. Enough of this. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's funny. It, 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 you're right about that, though, Greg. Like, there was not a wh- well. First of all, game two, there was not a whistle that did not have a, some sort of scrum after it. It was all game, mm-hmm. and I asked uh, Savoie about that after the game. Like, it's this familiarity, you know? Like, he, he's like, "Yeah, it's two games, but we're already really annoyed with each other," because you know you've got two rosters of players trying to make a great impression on their coaching staff and their management. I, yes, yesterday I'm walking up, you know, I'm fifth third, like kind of where we always sit, like by those seats. I walked by, I'm like, who is that guy? He looks familiar. It was Bill Guerin. It was just like <laughs> out of context. My brain was like, I wasn't expecting to see Bill Guerin. I probably should yeah. have been, but he's like just in casual clothes or whatever. Like these guys have all the eyes of the organization on them. The entire left side of the bleachers was for wild staff and it was filled out. So mm-hmm. both teams are really trying to, to, you know, make their cases and they were balling out, man. They, they were playing really hard all the time. And it was good to see. And, and yeah, you're right. Davidson's vision for we're not going to be a team that's easy to play against. And I know like, you know, the, the old Bears thing, like, oh, you might have beaten the Bears, you know, 25, you know, 27, nothing. But you're going to know you were in a game like, you know, wank mechanic for that stuff. But there is something to be said for finishing checks and not letting guys take liberties with your stars like Doc, like Reichel. Uh, Ludwinski was more of a accidental collision on that play. Yeah. But you don't want these guys taking big hits. And I've always said, you know, people who are anti-enforcer, anti-whatever you want to call it these days, the enforcer's kind of long gone. But having someone on your team like that, if it prevents one hit per game, it's worth it, right? If it's one fewer time, uh, you know, Tom Wilson lines up Jonathan Taves because he knows someone's there that he's going to have to answer to, it's probably worth having someone for four or five minutes a night take some shifts, right? And and if you got a whole team like that, those those incidents will be fewer and farther between, and that's a good thing. Um, but I do want to talk about we talk we're kind of previewing this last week a lot because we didn't have a lot to talk about. And one thing I said was I want to see Lucas Reichel dominate, not as much Thursday, Sunday, uh, I'm sorry, Friday, uh, Sunday, four assists, uh, two primary, two secondary. Uh, he was the best player on the ice for both teams. He should be, but he was. And to me, that's really good news. Yeah, he didn't obviously didn't have an opportunity to really stand out on Friday playing only one period. Um, but yeah, Sunday was definitely the like Lucas Reichel, uh, kind of establishing himself as like, Hey, like I'm, I'm one of the, if not the best prospect here out of both teams, uh, you can make a, a case for maybe Marco Rossi um on on the other side for the wild but yeah reichel was was all over the place some of the some of the plays that he made to to you know set up scoring chances were just just things that you wanted to see and and to me i I know it's early and i know it's just it's it's all teenagers young 20s playing against each other Mm -hmm. but that's those are plays coming from a guy who who knows his skill set knows his skill level has confidence in his abilities and I don't know. To me, it looks like a guy who's just like, I'm going to do as much as I can to prove to you that the AHL does me no good this season. And yep. I, I want to see that from Reichel. You want, I want to see that from him at, at this, at this point in his career to be like, look, you know, you, you may plan for me to play in the AHL this season, but I'm showing you right now in, in prospect camp in this, in the prospect showcase in training camp, I'm showing you right now. I, I don't, I don't need, that time in the AHL. I need I'm ready to be in the NHL and ready to to grow my NHL game. That's that's the kind of confidence and message you want to see from Reichel through his play. Again, just a pro, just a prospect showcase, mm-hmm. but if it's a, a good feeder into training camp, it's 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 a good sign for him. Yeah, that's exactly what you wanted to see. We talked about it last week. We want to see Lucas Reichel be the best player of the showcase. Yesterday he was, yep. no doubt about it. It was his every time he was on the ice, he was dangerous. And that's what you wanted. You wanted to be like, hey, we were like, why is he here? You know, uh, 
you know, he's, he's going to be in NHL. Why is he part of the prospect? Uh, you even got to ask uh, Andre Sorensen uh, yesterday, Jay, that, you know, why didn't we see Isaac Phillips or Jakob Galvis in the game? He says, because we know what we got from those guys. We didn't need to see it. Well, you could argue the same thing for Reichel, but you, this is what you wanted. Now he's got this boost of confidence heading into training camp where he's like, hey, I'm, this is it. I'm ready. Like I, I don't need to play with these kids anymore. Put me in the put me in the game with the men, and let's see what happens. So that was positive. I think another huge takeaway uh, was the play of Kevin Korshinsky. Yeah. He was super noticeable. Mm-hmm. And here's what really impressed me: the little bit I saw. I didn't see every second of every game, but and and Jay again plugging allchgo.com. Our Hawks hits three takeaways. You mentioned it too. Go check it out. Become a member. Read up on it. His passing is elite level already. Yeah. And his what he does in the transition game from going to defense to offense is why he was picked seventh overall. He's going to be fine defensively, but it's what he does when he has the puck and it's time to go from the defensive zone to the offensive zone. He gets that puck through the neutral zone so fast. And I know people a couple years ago were like, oh, Ian Mitchell could be the next Duncan Keith. Well, that's not – no. Nobody has – can, that was the underrated part of Duncan Keith's game was what he did through the neutral zone and turning from defense to offense that made those Stanley Cup winning teams so damn good. Kurczynski is showing, I'm not saying he's at that level, but as far as getting the puck up the ice, making accurate passes right onto the tape, nobody in that tournament, those two games were better than that. And that's super exciting to me because you need that guy in today's NHL. It's it's all about getting out of your own end as quickly as possible and getting it into the offensive zone. And man, from what I saw, he is going to be very good at that. What, what I liked about his game too, and, and you're right about what you said, like the puck moving is really impressive, but you know, we knew he's a good skater. We know he's fast, but Quick and fast can be different, right? Um, his ability to get from point A to point B, or you know, let's say you know he's he's handling a, a tough pass, or a puck is bouncing towards him, or whatever. Uh, his ability to recover with the puck is really impressive. Like under pressure, uh, you know, trying to recover from something or chase a puck behind the net. His ability with the puck to move and skate around and just elude. Uh, you know, for checking forwards, it, that that really stood out to me was his ability to escape from pressure. Uh, I'm I can't say Duncan Keith; he's the best defenseman in franchise <laughs> history. But like Brian Campbell, right? When you talk about the the combination of the skating and the passing, like we'll see how Korchinski's yeah. defense develops uh, in the meantime. But like that's sort of the a, like a bigger Brian Campbell. Somebody who skates yeah. really well, can skate himself out of trouble. If he does make a mistake defensively, has the speed to recover and make up for it. And that is a little bit like Duncan Keith in his prime started taking more chances offensively because he knew like, look, if all hell breaks loose and his shot gets blocked, I can skate. I can turn around and catch the guy who's going to take my turnover. Right. So it, that creates that offensive confidence as well. Uh, a lot of good stuff from Korchinski. Uh, and look, like like we said, you want your first-round picks to look like first-round picks, and they do. Even when you look at, like, Nolan Allen, not flashy, but clearly, you know, a guy with some NHL chops and an NHL future, just out there, steady, with mm-hmm. the puck, makes the right plays, dependable, works a solid point. Vlasic kind of the same way, right? Like, they're not going to be guys that put up, you know, you know, 50, 60 points in a year, but they're going to be defendable, dependable defensemen that can move the puck a little bit. And like even Nicholas Jalmerson, who never gets credit for his offense, had the ability to make those passes, right? That's the, he still had the ability to do it. Um, and that's what they're trying to build here. And and so far, so good with one draft. That, I mean, I would have loved to see Nazar and, and Renzel in this thing too, and we will someday. But, uh, you know, again, clear what Kyle Davidson's trying to achieve here, and it, and it looks like it's headed on the right path. I want to mention Cole Gutman, too. Had a goal yeah. in each of the games. Um, Very noticeable. Yeah, and uh, and Andre Sorensen yesterday just talked about his uh, knack for being in the right place. You know, his hockey sense is through the roof. And, I, look, he's never going to be a star player, but if you're looking for a guy to maybe make the team quickly out of camp, maybe it's Gutman because he's 23, he's got the college experience, the transition to the NHL wouldn't be as difficult for him as maybe some younger guys. So, 
I don't know. Keep an eye on him during the preseason. That's what that's what's got me so excited about the preseason. There's a lot of questions to answer, and I think a lot of guys have made some difficult decisions. You know, are going to make some difficult decisions for the leadership here. Yeah, I I think you know Gutman. He, we he came into the uh, to the organization after prospect camp, so this was the first time we were able to kind of see. Uh, what he could do on the ice firsthand, um, you know, four, four years at, at, at Denver, a solid college program uh, captain last year for the national championship team um, had a, had a big hand in, in, in that team having that level of success. So, yeah, I, I was, I was happy to see him uh, make an impact in, in both games and yeah, he could be a guy that, you know, maybe works himself into the conversation uh, of, of the NHL roster. If it, at, at the very least, he's going to be playing, uh, I, I think, a prominent role with 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 the Ice Hogs, which was, you know, not even uh, not even that lineup is going to be hard or is, is going to be easy to uh, to really get a, a solid role in because you, you'd, you'd think a lot of these prospects, or a lot of these young guys that we saw kind of have a, a, a firm grasp in the AHL of where they or of where they may be. But things are open, and and if 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 guys are going to make uh, make lineup decisions and roster decisions hard, that's what you want to see from from a team like this uh, Blackhawks team and and the organization top down. You want to have competition everywhere. Um, only I can only think of a few players that you could that you could say, well, yeah, their 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 spot is secure. Everything else is is open to interpretation, and and, and if Kyle Davidson wants to build a team that is going to be hard to play against competitive, um, you know, have, have all these different, uh, you know, characteristics of not trying to just say, Oh, well, you know, this Blackhawks team a couple of years ago had 10 different all-stars. Well, yeah, you don't have that now. Now you have to prove that you can be in the NHL. It's not just, you know, hand, handed to you. So yeah, I think Gutman definitely made a, a good first impression. And I think he's going to make, uh, make things hard for some, some younger players, uh in in camp and to to have to leapfrog him well the one the one thing we gotta that's gonna make training camp even more uh interesting is kyle davidson has already proven he will make he has no problem making unpopular decisions he has no Mm -hmm. problem making tough he's not loyal to anybody uh he's proven that time and time again so if there's somebody like i don't think outside of guys that have you know contracts that can't be moved we know the three guys we're talking about outside of those guys i don't think anybody's got their spot cemented um yeah. i think if if he sees an opportunity that hey a team uh, a stanley cup contender gets a, a, an injury at a key position he may move one of these veterans we're, we're, we're supposed to have you know and yeah. give that spot to a young kid or you know there could be surprise cuts that we never see coming he the Davidson has proven that he's a, he's willing to be aggressive and it doesn't care if his move uh, is deemed unpopular when it happens, he's going to do it anyway. So that's going to make this training camp even more interesting. Uh, lots of storylines to follow over the next couple of weeks. I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready for Thursday. Well, you look at this roster and you say like, who, who is guaranteed a spot opening day? Taves, Kane, Johnson, Athanasiu, Domi. Is that it? You're Seth looking Jones. beyond that. Seth, Seth Jones. Oh, Seth Jones. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about forwards, but yeah. Oh, uh, forwards, yeah. 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 So you're looking at uh, Blackwell, probably. Uh, yeah. Lafferty, probably. Reichel, we don't know. Entwistle, Hardman, Johnson, even Kachuk and Radish. Like, I don't know. Are, yeah. they, are they married to those guys? I, I don't know. I, I, so. I, yeah, I it's, mean, it's if, if I think with, with Radish, you probably have a little bit more of a flexibility of where to play him in the lineup. Yeah. Kachuk really just seems like he, he is a bottom six guy and they have a, they have a bunch of guys that could do the same thing that he does. So it's really just who are the best handful of guys that, that can do it consistently. Um, But yeah, there's, I mean, there's going to be competition for, for those, for those types of players. Yeah. I I cannot wait. (laughs) I mean, we're uh, what a week and a day away from the preseason opener next Tuesday. And, uh, it's gonna be Crazy. fun. I just there's just so many questions to answer. And before we move on to the mailbag, uh, I know I'm like kind of like tongue in cheek about Savoie, but he's making an impression. Like he really is. And uh, I like yeah. that. Oh, in Prospects Camp, he was kind of feisty and and roughing people up and kind of chirpy. Now to see him in game action, he's a, a better player than I think we gave him credit for too. You know, I it was I was with uh, Patrick Flowers yesterday in the locker room, 
and he brought up the Andrew Shaw comparison. And Savoie was very quick to dismiss that. Like, no, 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 he's way better than me. And, and Alex Vlasic was right there. He's like, you're so humble. You know, he's kind of like, kind of just cracking at him. But he's like, it's a huge honor to be compared to Andrew Shaw. But it's impossible to not see that. And aside from, look, the dirty goal he scored that hit him in the butt and went in, great, you know, power play goal, standing in front. He had a play where he came down the right wing side and with one hand fended off the defender, with the other hand drove to the net, got a nice scoring chance, didn't score, but he was showing some offensive fl- flair in there too. Uh, just a little cannonball out there, man. He's yeah. he's feisty, and uh, I, it's not going to be this year, of course. But I, I, if I'm look, I think Korchinski and Nazar are guaranteed NHLers. I would be absolutely shocked if Samuel Savoie is not an NHL player in two or three years, and like a, like a like a third liner, a second yeah. liner in a pinch kind of a guy. I really, I don't know. We'll see more when he's up against some NHL players here in a couple weeks. Right. But he looked the, the comp- part, man. The competitiveness, the, uh, the, the ability to, you know, play physical, even though he's not the biggest guy. Uh, we've said before, like, th- that's not a characteristic or, or a, a style of play that you can teach a player or you can you can you know encourage a player to go and do you kind of just have to have that in you, and he's he definitely through through Friday and Sunday showed off like this is this is the kind of game that he uh, that that he likes to play, and yeah I think that the the skill is there I mean we've 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 seen a little bit of it through prospect camp I remember watching him uh, either Wednesday or Thursday of the of the showcase, and he absolutely just like walked around Isaac Phillips with a with a great move. Uh, just kind of, you know, did a, did a little in and out, got around him and scored. And I was just like, oh, OK, like you have that in your tool toolbox as well. Like, so, yeah, I think I think he's uh, he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. Um, and, and yeah, I, I would love to see him, uh, you know, progress in his development and, and become an NHLer because it seems like the kind of player that Kyle Davison exactly wants, uh, like wants to have in, in his in his future lineups to be that tough to play against team and that guy who's going to be in your face, in your ear and, and <laughs> really get under your skin. All right. Before we get to the mailbag, I, I got to share the one thing I shared with you guys during the game yesterday. Uh, if you've ever been to fifth third arena, uh, the, 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 the bleachers are on one side of the ice. The other side is the benches. So they had the media sitting in the first row, right behind the penalty boxes early in the game. Wild prospect, Sam Henches gets a penalty. I have to tell you, I, so I'm sitting front row. He's down in the box. So he's probably like seven feet below me and maybe four or five feet in front of me with plexiglass behind him. I've got glass in front of me. This MFR smelled <laughs> so bad oh. that I almost had to move from my seat. <laughs> Dude, it's not even training camp yet. There's no Oof. way your pads smell that bad. I compared it to That's a so bad. Cheetos and a gym bag full of socks. That was the smell. <laughs> and I have smelled hockey smell my entire life. Yeah. I should not be able to smell a person that far away from me. I honest to God almost had to move. It was so, that's so that's bad. Nasty. And I felt so bad for the official in the box with him. Yeah, right. <laughs> they know? got it. They got no protection. They're right next to him. Oh my God. It was so bad. You could like see the stink lines like flying through the air. It it, it was it was offensive. <laughs> it was disgusting. And I hated it. It's like it's like pig pen. Oh my God. How like <laughs> he's got I guess that's one way to get like room on the ice, right? Is yeah. Uh, yeah. No one's no one's gonna want to hit you if they get that if they're gonna if get they that get stank that. on you. For yeah, that yeah, right. Is that like Mark Schlereth used to wet his pants during football games so people didn't want to touch him as much? Ugh. That was kind of the kind of the deal. Of course, yeah, of course he did. Oh, <laughs> disgusting. Anyway, yeah, that's gross. Yeah, it was, it was nasty. Sorry, <laughs> that's terrible. I will Imagine never. Whatever his career becomes, uh, that's I will only think of him as a smelly guy. As the smelly guy, yeah, yeah. that's definitely not the guy you want to be. Oh, good lord, <laughs> so bad. Well, if you want to uh, have some good smelling clothes <laughs> and some good looking clothes, uh, especially when you're out on the golf course, 
you need to get yourself uh, some apparel from Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel partner of CHGO and the presenting sponsor of the Big Drive Energy podcast on the All City Network. Uh, Pins and Aces has got all the things that you need to look great and have yourself a good round out there out on the course. Uh, there's just a couple more uh, weeks, I think, of of pristine golf weather i i'd call it here as we get through the middle and end of september uh if you're one of those crazies that likes to play late into october and november and don't mind hitting a golf ball when it's 35 degrees uh go go uh go have at it uh but you're gonna be looking good in your pins and aces gear pins and aces is a family-owned company so you gotta love that they make amazing polos hats golf bags uh even a bag that has a sleeve that is there for your favorite beer to keep it cold the entire round. You can store up to seven beers right there in your golf bag, which is perfect when you're on the 15th hole. You've been having a bad day and the drink cart hasn't been by in a while. You can go right into your bag and get your favorite beer, help you get through the last couple of holes. So check out pensandaces.com. Use the promo code CHGO. You receive 15% off of your first order and you're going to get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com, promo code C-H-G-O. Well, last week uh, we missed the grilling day uh, back at the station. Yeah. Um, but the next day left over were some of the Green Ridge Farms meat sticks. Oh, oh yeah. my God. If they weren't left know, over for long. Yeah, <laughs> they were gone quickly. If you don't they know, Green Ridge soon. Farm is a local meat and cheese company with a all-natural, better option for your deli meats. They're the makers of, like I said, all-natural deli meats, sausages, and the meat sticks we're talking about. These are significant. What, maybe like 10, 11-inch long meat sticks? They're perfect for tailgating. Pack them in your kids' school lunches. 16 grams of protein per stick. It's great. They're so good. Just a snack on. If you're doing the low-carb thing, they're absolutely perfect. They come in chicken, black forest beef jalapeno cheddar and the spicy chili i tried that spicy chili good kick to it i have a high tolerance for spice and it had a really solid kick to it these are fantastic get them find them at your local grocer they're absolutely amazing they are made from recipes generations in the mat in the making all natural and they deliver a a fresh and flavorful alternative at snack time you can find them at the refrigerated section of costco sam's club or in your local chicagoland grocery store and right now Order any three meat products at greenridgefarm.com and they'll include a pack of meat sticks in your cart. They'll be free simply by using the code CHGO at checkout. Again, order three meat products, add a pack of meat sticks, and those meat sticks will be free with the code CHGO. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat. Good stuff. Yeah. Love love those meat sticks. And speaking of uh, grilling and meats... We've got our first ever official CHGO tailgate this Mm -hmm. Sunday, 8 a.m., corner of uh, Roosevelt and Michigan. Michigan? Madison? Michigan? Michigan? Michigan. Thank you. Michigan. Roosevelt, Michigan. Uh, Jump on allchgo.com to get your tickets. You do need tickets for the tailgate. You you do not need tickets to the Bears game for the tailgate. You can just show up and hang out with us. Uh, We've got booze. We've got uh, beers. We've got food. Come hang out with us 8 a.m. till noon for the official CHGO tailgate. Again, uh, go to allchgo.com to get your tickets. Your $34 gets you all that stuff. There's a food truck. Like I said, booze, games. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait to see you all there. Come hang out with us at the CHGO tailgate ahead of Chicago versus Houston. It's going to be a good one. Can I say the team names in the read? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to get sued. Uh, should be all right. All right, we're officially out of the read. All right. Yeah, that Texans Bears game is going to be great. <laughs> yes, it's going to be a great game. Yes. Great game. Looking forward. To yes. It. All right. Let's get to the mailbag. It is bursting. It is bursting at the seams. Stuffed uh, it full. Stuffed our sack is bulging. More than usual. All right. What's up first, Lawrence? Who do we got first with our first question of the mailbag Monday? Uh, there we go. There it is. All right. Travis. Uh, Travis says, I want to hear the guy's takes on purchasing sweaters in the infancy of a rebuild. Whose are we snagging? But he qualifies it. It can't be Jones, Taves, uh, or Kane. Mm. So it's got to be someone on that's currently. So it's got to be Hawk. current, but not the uh, not the big three. Yeah. I, oh, I, I honestly. Kirk Graham? 
I don't know. Current. I think current. he's saying current though. It's got to be now. It's got to be a current mm. guy. I don't. I don't think there's a safe one right now. I would, I would say save your money. Reichel is probably the safest bet. Yeah, yeah. but I've <laughs> Reichel was pro- is probably the safest bet. Doc is probably the safest bet. Debrinket's probably the safest bet. Ed Bolquist is probably the safest bet. Yeah, I've heard that heard that record before, and I've been part of that record before. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Murphy, if you if you really like Connor Murphy, yeah, I, I mean, know. listen, I'm the wrong guy to ask. This is a guy that has uh, a Christopher Stieg 32 jersey, a Brendan Saad jersey, a Nick Letty jersey, an Ed Belfort jersey, a Chris Chelios jersey uh, in his closet, um, an Artemi Panarin jersey. So don't ask me because whoever I tell you to get will be <laughs> traded by thanksgiving so uh, my my serious advice wait 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 yeah or get an ice hogs jersey get get an ice hogs jersey with maybe one of those guys um i don't know i can't answer that question because man there is no uh for sure answer yes reichel yeah. sure that probably your yeah best bet. but if you if again, you're taking if you're making a gamble as an investment it's it's reichel but it's a gamble still. Yeah, Michael yeah. says uh, Domi for the sake of having it before he's traded. But again, that's so short term. Like yeah. it's you're going to be able to wear that for a few months. Maybe it's a funny gag in ten years. You know, <laughs> uh, Mark Andre Fleury was the third highest selling uh, jersey in the four months that he was a Blackhawk from uh, August to December of 2021. So like people will buy. <laughs> short term no, there'll be jerseys. some Domi jerseys out there. There's no doubt about For it. For sure. As soon as yeah. he punches a dude, he's he's gonna sell like 500 <laughs> jerseys. There's no doubt about that. Uh Narfin said in, in the comments if I has both the 32 and 23 Versteeg jerseys. No, I have the 32 jersey that has the uh 2010 Stanley Cup final patch on it. But I did get the 23 shirtsy uh, t-shirt for Christmas after he came back. So I could I go. could rock it either way. But uh Man, I don't know. Yeah, I guess Reichel 27, but you could always get that. And then if he yeah. gets traded, you could always get the name plate swapped out for Aronic. Easy fix. Um, yeah. I'm not shy about giving that number away. That's for sure. Right. You yeah. Know, or an Odia or a Boquist, anyone you want. Yeah. Um, get, a, get, a, get a 98 for Dard and just call it a day. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, wait until <laughs> next year's draft and then see what happens. Surf and Ducks. Yeah, I would Jones. not be out in our. I'd not be out in a hurry. Like I would, if you need a new Jersey for this year, go get a classic player. That's already retired. That can't be traded. Yeah. Right. Get yourself a Duncan Keith, get yourself uh, a Steve Larmer or, or Chris Chelios or any of those guys. Um, don't be spending money on somebody on this current roster because nobody's safe. Yeah. Uh, Surfing duck says Seth Jones, but he was qualified. Not one of the ones we can do. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, I would get one of his because he's going to be here for a while. Um, maybe that's how, if for all the Seth Jones haters, and Lord knows there's a lot out of them uh, out there, if you want him to get traded, pull your money together, <laughs> buy me a, a Seth Jones in a size 56 and send it to me. As soon as I wear it, he'll get traded. So there, yeah, you, go. there you go. And if not, I got a cool jersey for the next eight years. <laughs> if I was going to buy one, I, that's the one I would get. I know that was not on the question, but I think – Good player, gonna be here a while. Good number. I would get a white Seth Jones jersey. That would be my move. I haven't yeah. a long time either, but maybe I'm gonna wait until the uh, new whoever the new Reverse jersey. Retro. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say the the new manufacturer might be uh, might be a good good way to wait it out. Yeah. Well, there's a good way to do it though. Wait till next season when Adidas is gone, because then all those Adidas jerseys are gonna be uh, clearance must sell now <laughs> prices, and you could probably get yourself a good one uh, for a, a very good low value price. Mm-hmm. I gotta admit, they do like when you see the authentics in person, they look good. The Adidas look good. Like the colors really pop. Like the red is great. All yeah. the colors on the logos are the jerseys look great, and they're not as expensive. Like weren't the CCM. Like three hundred dollars authentic. The Reebok, the Reeboks were crazy expensive. Yeah, these the the Adidas ones are the the, the price point is not as much, um, but the the thing with the the Reeboks back in the day, the like replicas and the authentics weren't weren't too far away. Like there were noticeable differences, but they weren't too far away. But the yeah. price point was really far. Now th- the the replicas and authentics between Fanatics and Adidas are really far away. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think the biggest difference with the Reebok between the authentic and the the uh, replicas was the patching. I think the jersey itself was the same, but when you got the replica, they were kind of like those iron-on patches. Where iron when you got yeah. the authentic, it was the stitched-in patches. I think Real. that was. Yeah. The, I think the jersey itself was. Yeah, exactly. It was just the difference in the patches. Yeah, yeah. The the Adidas authentics are are really good, but it's funny. Uh, the the Reebok authentics were what the players wore. It come to find out, uh, I, I, uh, the Adidas authentics are authentic for fans. The Adidas jerseys that the players wear are a little bit different in the uh, in in the quality that uh, that that has been unearthed mm. uh, on the on the interwebs. But um, yeah, that's that's uh, I still think, yeah, if you're gonna get an Adidas. Blackhawks jersey with a player maybe wait a year when when we knew know when the new manufacturer is and uh if if Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taze have been traded you can probably get one of those two on a clearance rack for like 85% off something like that yeah those will be good to have forever yeah and yeah yeah, why not I got I got a Duncan Keith jersey um geez when was this I think I got it in February of 21 and then he was traded that summer but yeah. it's still a duncan keith jersey like that's going to be either you know that's a that's a blackhawks you know forever uh number That'll even though he's to, yeah. played with the oilers and he's going to coach with them yep all right what Trigger. do you got next lawrence <laughs> yeah rack it up we have from cole cole says can you foresee the blackhawks bringing in any veterans on a pto if so who i actually don't see that I'm surprised that the names that have fallen to the PTO list, like crazy how much like actual like serviceable NHL players and talent are like coming in on PTOs. Yeah. Calvin DeHaan with uh, Carolina recently. Like Sonny Milano is on a PTO. Like when did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty. Yeah. I would think if they were going to do it, they would have done it by now. Uh, But you never know. Somebody can, you know, pull a groin on, day one of practice and then you need to get somebody in here you never say never but yeah um yeah i don't uh i don't see it happening just yet just now i think it would have happened by now they've got enough bodies between um you know those veteran type players they signed for you know likely rockford you're dealing secure as and, and those type of guys yeah so I, I i don't think i think if they would have if they were going to do it they would have done it by now but um you know or they really don't need to because they don't really have salary cap restraints. So if there's a veteran out there that they think is going to help them this year, they would probably just sign them to a, a deal. Right. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, any veteran would rather have the guaranteed year than just the PTO. So mm-hmm. um, I, don't, I don't see. Well, that's, see what anything happen- happening. that's what happened with Eric Gustafson. Yeah. Like, he wasn't a PTO bring in. He was, they were just like, Oh, we're just going to give him a, that. give him a one year. Can we please just stop mentioning that? There's just every time. Well, you, I'm just you sorry. It's context. <laughs> so here are it some happened. of the names if you're looking at. Um, I don't want to think it did. The names of, of notable free agents that remain unsigned. Uh, Subban, Erickson, Strawman, uh, DeKaiser, DeHaan, and Victor Rask all have PTOs. Uh, Jay Beagle, Antoine Roussel do not. Uh, Thomas Hickey, Cody Eakin have Roussel? PTOs. Roussel got one today, right? Oh, they, then it's not updated on Cap Friendly yet. I didn't see it okay, yet. Okay, yeah. Pr- I'm pretty sure he got one. Uh, Braden Holtby, Rocco Grimaldi. So you're just kind of going down the line here of like, these guys don't really help the Hawks do anything, and all they do is take a spot away from a kid. So right. yeah. now And now the Jack Johnson thing makes more sense in the context of, of Jake McCabe. Right, yeah. And yeah, and they knew that was coming, yeah. Yeah. And like and like Greg said, like there's enough guys that are on like two-way deals that are already your like your tweeners and probably going to end up in the AHL. So you don't need to bring in, you know, vet veteran on a PTO, like for what to take up, to take up ice, to take up space. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessary. I am surprised PK is still out there to be honest with you. I right? know he's not the player he was when he was winning Norris trophies and, and all that, but man, he's still a damn good hockey player. He, I'm surprised he, he could be on any, hasn't. he could be on any NHL team in in a top six rotation, like I, I would love it, man. Covering here for the Hawks would be amazing. I know it's not going to happen, but man, he'd be yeah. one of those guys that I would love to show up every day and talk to, just because he's just such an awesome quote and a good guy. I wouldn't be surprised if he eventually ends up 
PTO or not, uh, in Toronto, they're always looking for defensive help. He's a hometown boy. Uh, that Pe- would go over well over the, people in, there. <laughs> people in Montreal want him to, to come back real hard. So that'd be interesting to see. And, and I mean, his departure from Montreal wasn't on his accord. So, so maybe he wants to, yeah, if, if, if there's an opportunity, he'd, I'm sure he'd take it. Nerfin yeah. says, would have liked to see them get one more goalie so they can keep Soderblom in the AHL. That is the plan. They've got Staylock and they've got Mrazek here. Now, if one of those guys gets injured, things change, of course. Um, but maybe, I don't know, potentially if they could find some other goalie to stash away somewhere, but I don't know. Yeah. I, who knows? I, I, I mean, I think if there's if if there's a case of injury or something like that and Soderblom has to come up, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't think you need to, cl- I don't think you need to do anything to clog up. Cause yep. what are you going to do? Sign a third guy and just have him right. have him sit just in Rockford okay. for yeah, no reason. Yeah, right. So, so and then, then if you get a veteran, you're trying to keep as an insurance policy, then he takes away playing time from Soderblom in the AHL. And that's right. Like, productive too. Let's say Mrazek or, or Stalock gets hurt and you have to call up Soderblom. Just play Soderblom. Give him some yeah, NHL starts. Nothing, you know what I mean? Like nothing he, wrong with that. You're not going to develop and he's going to help you, you know, and if he's, if he's not great, that's kind of what you want anyway. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think we need that third veteran goalie at this point, you know, maybe something goofy happens in training camp where you're not trusting a guy's health. Then you go get somebody, there's guys out there, you know, bring back Malcolm Subban. He can sit on the bench and sing the national anthem when Jim Corneliuson has a cold. <laughs> Yeah. Cover, right. That's two insurance policies. Goaltending and go. anthem. That's covering good two. investing right there. Yeah. All right. What do we got next, Lawrence? This is from Mitch. He says, You think it was too swift of the Hawks, or he who shall not be named, to give Seth Jones number four. I was hoping to see it in the rafters. Um, no. We got into this conversation a couple weeks ago when we did our yeah. Ring of Honor conversation. I don't think Nicholas Jalmerson's number is getting retired. No, I think unfortunately, yeah, I think he's, in he's that, like the Patrick Sharp category. The yeah, yeah, he's in the Hall of Very Good, not the Hall of Fame, right? Hall of Very Underrated, but yeah, yes. definitely like in that realm of like integral to the three cups, but also not like not 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 the guy who drove the drove the ship. Yeah, yeah. I think there's it's a, there's be... a ring of honor. He's in there, but not. Oh yeah, wrecked. Taves, yeah. Kane, Keith, Seabrook, Hosa. And if there's one more, it's Crawford for me. Yeah, yeah, I would be okay with that. Yeah, yeah. and and this yeah. and the Seabrick will be a, a duel. I would imagine, especially yeah, with, yeah you uh, have to do him and Chil- with Chelios back in the fold with the organization. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and Everett Center pass. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> All right, next. This is from oh my buddy adult haircut Dave, uh, nice. formerly ponytail Dave, and then he cut off his ponytail, so I named him adult haircut Dave, and then he just went with it. So I appreciate that. Nice. Love Dave. Nice. He says, "What forward prospects besides Reichel should we expect to see get significant time in Chicago in October, or as a call up, uh, or after the trade deadline?" Uh, we already talked about Cole Gutman a little bit. I think mm-hmm. he's going to be here for sure at some point. Maybe not to start, but he'll be here. Um, there's, there are a lot of just kind of like dudes in Rockford that can come up and play when like the seasons, well, it's going to be lost early, but like, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) don't forget about the Mike Hardman's and the Josiah Slavin's and the Michael Tepley's buddy Robinson was signed. Brett Senny was signed. Like guys like this, um, will probably get a look at some point. I would say Tepley just because, because he hasn't been there yet. He, he had a great second half of, of last season. Um, I'm excited to see what he does uh, through through training camp and the preseason. See what kind of impact he makes. Um, but yeah, I mean, outside of those guys who have who have kind of already played in the NHL a little bit, uh, like like Hardman and uh, Slavin, I think Slavin could be in there too. But I, I, as a guy who hasn't seen the NHL yet, and I think could make uh, make his debut this year if he if he plays well enough, I think Michael Tepley would be interesting to see what he can do. Had a nice goal in the uh, tournament. Tepley. Yeah, I mean, he's he's you know, he's got a good shot. Big uh, offensive guy um, should be, you know, should be should be hopefully someone who who can turn into something at the NHL level, maybe as like a like a third liner down down the road, make a career out of that. That'd be completely fine with me. Yep. Yeah, I um 
I, if there was some sort of like ranking system to like rank or rate uh, how much progress prospects took from in from opening night of last season to the end of the season, Tepley would probably be at the top of that list. Pretty sure uh, was was he most improved with the Ice Hogs last season? Yeah, and that was their team easy, awards. Yeah, yeah, that was an easy call. But he took some huge strides from October to April last year um, and really clicked when he got on the line with Lucas Reichel uh, right around Christmas time. So he's a guy I'm keeping my eye on. I'm, I, I, I like him a lot. Uh, I think, you know, not superstar potential, but definitely a guy that can can play, uh, you know, important minutes when need be on a bottom six role and, and maybe can sniff second line, you know, yeah. at the end of this year. Why not? I mean – could be a complimentary scoring kind of guy yeah so that, that i agree that's the out of all those other forwards that are down in rockford that are quote prospects that's probably the guy after reichel that has maybe the highest ceiling I'm not saying it's a super high ceiling but we kind of know what mike hardman is we kind of know what josiah slavin is tepley is still the guy that might be able to still progress a little bit yeah, and that's not a slam on those other guys. They're all they're nice players, but they're we kind of know they're bottom six, penalty kill, you know, defensive type guys. Where Teplik is the next guy after Reichel that can maybe be you know a, a more consistent point producer. Mm-hmm. All right, who's up next, Lawrence? This one from Landon McClelland. Love that name. He said, hey, CHGO crew, what's your opinion on the progress Lucas Reichel has made this offseason? He looked incredible during the prospect game. Also, if we draft first in 2023, when do you think that player will be in the Hawks lineup? Have a great day, brothers. Uh, that's no rage, Bro- just rage. That's yeah. our guy. Um, we talked a lot about Reichel. Um, I think if they do get Connor Bedard, he plays the next season in Chicago. Day one. Yeah. yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. he's on the ice for the first puck drop of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as far as uh, Reichel's progress, uh, he does look a little bigger. It's not like he's a different guy by any means. I did notice, like watching him at, uh, on Sunday, skinny legs got little, like little little calves. Um, he's still got some growing to do. He's but, still uh, he's built like a tennis player. I know I've said that before, but he he was like kind of like long, lanky. But I mean, he he makes it work, and yeah, he added pounds, so it's that's that's what he's supposed to do. Just remember what Taves and Kane looked like as rookies. Like those guys were, I want to say string beans, but they were not the players they are now. They, they will fill out with Paul Goodman's nutrition program and weightlifting program and all mm-hmm. that, like all yeah. those things. There was a story in the Athletic about how Lucas Reichel like basically had my diet, where he just had fast food every day, <laughs> um, and just had no like actually no nutritional value to his life, and he learned how to do that uh, this off season. So. It's coming. It's it'll it's slow going, but you know, taking part in an eighty two game season is going to help. That's for sure. Yeah, Andre Sorensen mentioned that was asked a question along those lines over the weekend, and he said that they wanted him to get stronger over the off season, and he has. So he's done what they wanted, and he's still twenty, right? He's not even twenty one yet. So right for those of us who are well beyond the age of twenty, remember how you were at twenty. It, it takes time. He's still he's still a kid. So. Uh, He's getting there. You got to give him time, and uh, when when it all comes together, the strength, the skill, it should be pretty good. Uh, Yarmer Yager is with us on the chat, and oh, he okay. says, "I think sarcastically, yeah, Patrick Kane is huge right now. Uh, Patrick Kane is jacked, <laughs> like he's he's not tall, uh, he's, but he's he's a, he's solid, but he's not yeah. skinny. I mean, look at like Duncan Keith is. You look at him on the ice, and he's pretty lean too, but then." You see the videos of him working out, and it's like he's chiseled. Hockey Patrick players aren't—they're not buff. You're not going to see like a Brian Urlacher type on the ice. Yeah, Patrick Kane was like a child, basically yeah, in his in his rookie <laughs> season, and and now like yeah, he's still small. He's what five ten, five eleven, one hundred eighty five pounds, whatever it is. But there's there's a different way that his that you carry that weight as you as you grow and as you physically mature, and yeah. Reichel's going to go through probably the same process. And, and yeah, he's 20, 20 years old now. Um, he's adding weight functionally as a professional athlete does. It's, it's, it's not, you know, yeah, like he's, he's maybe he's, he's getting more of the, uh, 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 of the unhealthy foods in, but he's, he's, it's, it's like in um, always sunny in Philadelphia, right? If you're familiar with that show, uh, the, the character Mac, played by Rob McElhaney gets super fat for about two years. 
and it, it's him cultivating mask. And then he comes back and he's just, just this chiseled out, you know, physical specimen. It's kind of the same way, just not in a sitcom setting where they're, <laughs> they're adding the weight and then turning it into functional weight where it's, where it's muscle mass. And it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's not just putting, putting weight in your gut. It's, you know, you, you, you add the weight through, through, through workouts. We talked with Drew Camezzo about this too, uh, at prospect camp, how he added, you know, he had to just continuously eat and eat and eat. And he was also going through through his work, uh, workout regimen. So it was what he was putting into his body was becoming fuel for his body to actually grow in a, in a like athletic way, not just going wide. That's the part I'm missing. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm doing <laughs> I the first part. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right. We, I'm an expert at that. We got about 10 minutes to go. Stuff. So let's rifle through a couple here. Uh, go ahead, Lawrence. At your leisure. He says, if we do draft Bizarre, Bedard, can you see Davidson trying to speed things up a little bit and bring some of the young guys up to the NHL to build chemistry with him, i.e. Nazar, Korchinski, Lewinsky, Doc, if they seem ready? Mm, I don't think Probably so, but not. I think you'll see him get very aggressive in 2024 free agency. Yeah. Yeah, if, if Bedard is on this team uh, to start the 23-24 season, um there's going to be a couple guys probably sticking around that won't be for the, for the long-term future. But I don't think if you get Bedard, I don't think next season's roster ends up being like, Hey, it's a bunch of 20 year olds and Connor Bedard or here we go. Like, I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah. yeah, no, if you, if you want to do this right, you have to stick to the game plan. And you, if you're preaching patience, you have to be patient regardless who you draft first overall next year. They're, they, those guys need to be here when they're ready, not just because we're ready. Yeah, right. but I do think it accelerates their rebuilding plan, or maybe like their, yeah, for sure. It probably t- it con- probably, Connor Bedard yeah. takes a year off of that at yeah. least, takes a season off because then more established players are going to want to come here. Um, you know, it's a, definitely a more attractive place to help accelerate it. But as far as the young players go, they get here when they're ready. They'll let you yeah. know when they're ready. By the yeah. way, um, speaking of that, the free agent thing, which still doesn't really seem to be a huge issue for the Hawks, even though they're rebuilding. Uh, I was talking to Cole Gutman yesterday about uh, his choice to sign as a free agent in Chicago. And one of the things he mentioned was just like how equipped the organization is to help in development, like with their nutrition and health programs and like all the things that they can offer as an original six. And, you know, they've got their own developmental arena. Like not every NHL team has that. So right. those are things that players notice too. Like it's not just about playing games at the United Center. It's what else can you do to help me out here um, from what's our hotel accommodations on the road to how do we travel to how do we eat to how do I train? All these things are a factor and the Hawks have a, a heads up on a lot of organizations in that realm. So something to yeah. keep that maybe we don't talk about enough that does matter big time to players who have some choices to make. So that, it's very refreshing to hear young players saying, I like to come to the Blackhawks because they're good for developing my game. That's not something we would have heard <laughs> in the past. So that's very refreshing to hear. Whether he meant it or not, it's I still like to hear it. He brought yeah. it up out of nowhere. It was totally of his yeah. own volition. He he you know mentioned it himself. So that's that's good to hear. It's yeah. Good sign. All right, let's do a couple more here before we wrap up. Lawrence, fire it up. Uh Walter's ringer. Uh, says, if it's safe to assume that the blue chips aren't in the system yet, that's where Bedard comes in, of the prospects that are in the system, who are the found- who are the foundational pieces of the next cup team? For example, Jalmerson, Bolin, Bufflin, Versteeg, Brower, Ladd, Frazier. Um, that remains to be seen, quite honestly. I don't know. Um, do you, I, you know I, there's so you many know, guys who could, I could see them being Hawks for the next four or five years or never being Hawks. There's a there's 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 an interesting little thing on on allchgo.com that someone on this panel wrote hmm. called the 2022 Blackhawks prospect pyramid. And you can go there and and check out that pyramid and and kind of look at where some of these prospects uh, fit into the organization and where a lot of their potential development ceilings could land them. And I think if you look in the in the middle of those of those tiers, you're going to see a lot of guys like uh, you know like like Samuel Savoy uh, in in a in a middle tier like that, who are those kind of foundational building blocks. As uh, as you see here on your screen, the the opening of the uh, prospect pyramid 
uh, written by yours truly. Thank you for that, uh, Lawrence, putting that up there. But yeah, I mean, you, you can see where a lot of these guys kind of fit into the middle. A guy like Colton Dock could uh, end up being a nice complimentary foundational piece. The Blackhawks are going to get some more because, you know, you have two first round picks already for next season. You likely are going to get a third one in, in the mix by the uh, by the time they draft next summer. Um, and you have some you have some top tier players in in Reichel and Nazar and Korchinski and a guy like Sam Renzel, who is a project. But if he pans out the way a lot of people expect him to in a couple of years, you got another guy who's who's up there. That's like, oh, he's probably gonna be a top four player in the NHL uh, uh, for for potentially a, a long time. So there's a lot of guys that they have that are pretty decent bets to be some some foundational players. And and yeah, like those guys were uh, for, for the cup runs, you need those players. You can't it's unrealistic to think you're going to have uh, an entire team of, of Jonathan Taze and Patrick Keynes. You need those guys to, to be to be role players and yeah. to contribute at the right time in the right way. And when you look at the lightning and the avalanche, like, yes, they have star power, but they've also got four lines that can kick your ass. And that's what the Hawks had when they right. were winning cups too. You know, um, guys like Boland and Kruger, who on other teams would have much bigger roles and probably bigger output uh, statistically, but just were a bigger part of a bigger team, and uh, you know, or a smaller part of a bigger team rather, and just played mm-hmm. their roles perfectly. And that's it. That's the depth. Every team's got a star, right? Like Taze and Kane have been Blackhawks for a long time, <laughs> but they've not been contenders for a long time either. It's it's right. all the pieces around that matter. So, all right, let's try to get two more in here before we wrap up. Uh, <laughs> official Italian-American spokesperson says, when will the Blackhawks be good again? Well, <sighs> ask me after I next mean, year's draft. Yeah. Right. To, to quote my one of my favorite movies of all time, Spaceballs, when will now when will then be now? Soon. <laughs> uh that's about all I can say. If I could predict it, I I would probably be sitting in top of a penthouse suite in a Vegas hotel right now because I'd mm-hmm. be making tons of money, you know, setting the line. So yeah. Uh patience. That's all I'm gonna say. Patience. But it it it's progressing well it's a, a, a little less than a year a half a year into the kyle davidson regime it's very optimistic and and looking the foundation is being set so uh they're on the right track but we can't really predict when they'll be good again just want to let's, let's let's hope they're competitive before they're good right right yeah, yeah. baby steps um all yeah right. and I, Sorry, and i Mario. well i i think you know it's 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 a good start to where the, to where they're at. Um, I really hope that we can say, let's say three seasons from now, we're talking about a team who could potentially be in the mix in the central division and, and be a team that's like, Hey, like if you squint real hard, you might see a, you might see a, a, a playoff contender. If we're at that point in three years, um, then I think things are, are on the right path. Yeah. All right, we got through all the questions somehow. Great job, fellas. Good job. Nice. Uh, that gives us time to, um, you know, I'm a believer in karma. I think you guys are too. And bad things happen when you wear the cursed uh, St. Louis Blues jersey. And uh, our buddy Post Malone uh, found that out this weekend. I don't know if you guys saw the video. I know Lawrence has it I, here. I did see the video. Post it, Malone uh, doing his thing in concert. Oh, just eats it, man. Oh no! So apparently yeah. there was a there was a hole in the stage that. Oh, <laughs> oh is that Post Malone? Is that him? Collective groan. Oh my God! But there was a, so there's a hole in the stage that elevates his guitar that didn't close fully. So he's walking around oh. and tripped, and he falls and lands on his ribs, just crushes himself. If that oh. isn't a thumbnail uh, snapshot summary of the entire St. Louis Blues franchise history, except for one year, that's it right there. Oh um, man. Well, listen. As I when you sent us to that in our in our group chat, I said he'll be okay. I'm sure he has access to some really high quality painkillers. He'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, I think he'll uh, be all right. I mean, that's he, what you get for wearing the Blues jersey. I gotta say, he, f- he finished the show. Yeah. What he Pro- went? Props to him for for getting a beer and finishing you know, the show. 
you're, you're, you're wearing a hockey jersey. You got to play hurt. You know, hockey tough. you got to rub some dirt on it and get back out there. Yeah. Yeah. That was, man, like jokes aside. That's rough. That is, no, a, you know, that's that. Yeah. Like I, broken ribs. I, from what I, I've never had them, fortunately, from what I understand is like the most painful because every breath is agony. So, well, and you can't do you can't do anything for it. You can't ban. You can't yeah. ca- cast your ribs. Like you literally are just like, all right, I guess I'm just going to be in pain for a couple weeks. So he broke three from what I Oof. saw and finished the show. So he was singing Oof. with broken ribs. Props. Yeah. It's not really my thing yeah. musically, but props to no. him for. He seems like a decent dude too, by the way. Just from you know, I don't know. Yeah, he's not not my cup of tea, but I dig his whole thing. Doesn't His seem to be a pud whack of any level. No, no, <laughs> except for wearing a blues jersey. Well, yeah, I mean that's a pud whack. But you do what you you know you gotta you gotta you gotta get the cheap pop to, to borrow a wrestling term. You know you wear the jersey of the of and you know at least it wasn't a Cardinals jersey. Yeah, I saw Kid Cudi was rocking a Hawks jersey this weekend in Chicago. So yeah. Things even out. He did He's, not fall on his face. Thank you. No, he had a he had a pretty good show. I had a, had a buddy that was out there that was posting stuff on his uh, Snapchat and Instagram. It looked like it was a good time. I uh, Kid Cudi um, just heard of him for the first time right now. No oh, no, that is. There you go. <laughs> I think if you I think if you heard one of his songs, you would be like, oh, I know that song. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Let's <laughs> uh, <laughs> just play it at a Hawks game. I, yeah. I probably have no idea. He there wasn't on the. He hey, wasn't on the. Kid, Kid Cudi rules, man. Come on. He's oh, done a lot of work with Kanye. Kids see ghosts. That whole album. By the way, can we? Oh, Cudi. <laughs> Hold uh, on. Yeah. Keep the guy from Train producing. I know exactly album. what you're gonna say, Jay. <laughs> Keep the Is that Chris Rock? So there's a picture of Kid Cudi, and it's uh, and the Hawks tweeted, tweeted out from the Blackhawks. Tell me what you whatever when you're dreaming at Kid Cudi. The first response is from an egg on Twitter. Can we get insight on Doc's mystery injury, please? <laughs> <laughs> It's a Kid Cuddy tweet. Leave the intern alone. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that guy follows me. Oh man, I, yeah. I, yes, I've had Sid interactions Doc with this person. Free. That's 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 Mario's burner account. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap things up tomorrow. Little different week here. You can tell we're remote today. Tomorrow is our audio only show. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we'll be live at 1:30 every day in studio because training camp will have begun. Kyle Davidson and Luke Richardson are speaking on Wednesday. We will be there. We will share that audio with you guys during the show on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday training camp is underway. So make sure you join us. But tomorrow will be audio only. Uh, we did not discuss our time, but usually look for it around 1130 ish, maybe before, maybe a little Probably bit after the same schedule. Yeah, but it will be there uh, tomorrow. And then we'll see you live from our West Loop studios uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. One final reminder for today about our CHGO tailgate for Houston, Chicago, 8 a.m., <laughs> Michigan and Roosevelt. Get your tickets, all chgo.com, all food and drinks included with your ticket for the entirety of the four-hour tailgate. Get out there, drink, eat, have some fun, play some games with us uh, outside of Soldier Field. Sunday, all chgo.com to get those tickets. And we got one more thing to learn about Greg, why don't you tell us about where we can get our Blackhawk Speedo and Crocs? Yes, for uh, if you're going to do the Polar Plunge coming up here in a few months, <laughs> maybe, maybe rock that out. Uh, you got to go visit our friends, Foco. Uh, they, you've already got the best coverage of all your favorite teams with us here at CHGO. So why don't you get fitted out in the best sports gear around? Well, if you want to do that, Foco has got you covered from the United Center all the way to the front room, the north or south side. They have hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and those still have those uh, Speedos and Crocs if you're going to go spend your uh, winters down in Florida, maybe. And everything else you could possibly want. Get decked out like our guy Lucas Reichel with apparel from the leaders in sports, merch, and collectibles. Foco, looking for the perfect gift for the hockey fan in your life, Foco's got you covered with hoodies that will fight that Lake Michigan breeze. You can wear one to our one of our many tailgates, including our very first one this coming Sunday. So check out Foco, F-O-C-O.com, or the link in the description below if you're watching on YouTube, or we'll have that up on our uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And as a special bonus, you're going to save 10% off all non-presale items when you use the promo code CHGO at checkout. So that's FOCO, F-O-C-O dot com. Uh, thanks to Lawrence for producing. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Audio only. Then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, like I said, 1.30 in studio. 
uh, on the YouTubes. We'll talk to you then. Thanks to Lawrence again, Greg, Mario, I'm Jay. We'll talk to you Tuesday on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com ah hmm the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. <laughs>